Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk about mindset, and we're going to talk about what to do when we feel stressed, when we feel nervous, when we feel scared. And this can be for competitions or for training, it doesn't matter. So let's get straight on into it. So the big part um, of this whole thing about being stressed, feeling scared, is to understand the theory behind it first. And then once you kind of understand what's going on, it's a lot easier to then change your habits. So let's have a think then, what do we do when we feel stressed? We talk about cortisol levels quite a lot which is the stress hormone and if you look at let's say we look at Usain Bolt getting ready for a race his cortisol level would be high his heart is pumping he's sweating he's excited and he's ready to go but if you look at the spectator in the grandstand having a panic attack her stress levels would be high her cortisol levels would be high her heart would be pumping she'd be sweating and she'd be thinking I'm scared I'm in fear I'm stressed These are the same symptoms being perceived as two completely different things. Usain Bolt would see it as getting ready for a race and a positive thing. The other would see it as a negative thing, as fear, as panic, as stress. So this is where we need to have a conversation about positive self-talk. And I know exactly what some of you are thinking. I don't have control over when I feel scared and when I don't. And I don't have control over what I say to myself. And it's such a big misconception that we think that we have our feelings and our thoughts and that they come in and out of our heads and we have no control over them. But we do. We have control over whether we let them in, whether we push them out, whether we entertain them and whether we sit with it and let it fester in our minds. It's scientifically proven that we remember negative emotions more. And it's called negative bias. And it's kind of like a self-protection thing. Like when a child touches something hot, the negative bias will mean that they'll be less likely to touch it again because they'll remember how horrible the burn felt. Similarly, it's why we naturally hold on to negative criticism and negative self-talk. And 
it's the same for those conversations we have in our heads. We would never, ever, ever have those same conversations we have with ourselves with other people. I know that for me, a lot of the time I would say that I wasn't good enough, but I would never go to my friend and say, you're not good enough. It's just not something we would do. So why do we say it to ourselves? So I was listening to a podcast um, by a doctor discussing the brain and female health. Sorry, boys, it is still relevant. And she said that our thoughts are instructions to our brain. So, for example, if you see another rider in the warm up and you think, wow, they're so much better than me. That's an instruction to your brain to feel sad, to feel low. Instead of looking and saying, wow, they look amazing. I'm going to try and ride like them where your brain takes that as motivation and encouragement. It's the same situation, but two completely different dialogues in a head result in two completely different mentalities going into a competition or a training session. It's also worth mentioning that a lot of the time, it's the story we create in our heads that cause the fear and worry rather than the actual event itself. Great example of this is... If you think back to when you were in school and if you ever got called into the headmaster's office or an adult version of this is like when you get called into the boss's office and your mind then does this panic of, oh God, what have I done? Am I going to get told off? Am I going to be fired? But the panic and worry isn't caused by the real facts that are happening in the real world. The reality is you've just been asked to go see your boss or the headmaster. You could be getting a raise. It's the story we create in our heads that creates the panic. And this is something that we have full and complete control over. Ant Middleton talks about a great method. And he's um, one of those really terrifying guys on SAS Who Dares Wins. And he calls this theory the fear bubble. And it works like this. Let's say you're riding your horse this afternoon. And you're worried um, that when you get on, you're going to fall off. When you're sat in your kitchen having a cup of coffee in the morning... And you're thinking about how you're imagining that when you get on, your horse is going to shoot off and you're going to fall out the side door and it's going to really hurt. There is no point feeling that fear now. Imagine instead that that fear you're feeling is a bubble in front of you. You're not in that situation right now. You're not getting onto your horse. You have no reason to have to step into that bubble. You don't need to feel that fear right now. And this is the time where you have that positive conversation with yourself and you say, this is just a feeling of excitement that I'm feeling. I'm not in any danger. This is my body preparing me to perform. Same thing happens when you're in the car on the way to the yard. You're not in that situation that you are scared of yet. There is no reason for you to put yourself through that fear. When you're tacking up, it's the same thing. You are not in any danger. You are not in that situation that you are scared of yet. Imagine that bubble. You don't have to step into it yet. When you are in that situation and you are about to get on, that is when you step into the bubble. You accept the fear that you feel and you get on your horse. But Because you haven't been spent sitting all day with that fear, I guarantee you that small amount of time you do allow yourself to feel fear, you'll be able to handle it. And once you feel that fear, you still get on your horse and off you go. That elation you feel from conquering your fear is amazing. And that is the feeling that you want to sit with. That positive emotional feeling 
that you've done it, that is the feeling that you need to sit with. And another great reason that I love this fear bubble method is that it stops you feeling fear for a really long period of time. Someone once said to me that if you worry about a problem, you're just going to end up worrying for twice as long. And it's exactly the same thing with fear. If you're worried about a situation that's going to happen in the future, if you worry about it and create that story of what could happen, you end up being scared And 99% of the time, that situation won't happen. But actually, if you imagine this fear bubble, you don't go into it until you put yourself in that situation. You are far more mentally and physically prepared to deal with it than if you sit in that fear bubble for hours and hours and hours and it just drains you. So what can you do about it then? What are actually the physical, practical things that you can do? The most important thing that you can do is to create a routine that positively benefits you. Sit down with yourself and think, when have I done things? And this can be before a competition or before training, which whichever situation you feel you get scared or nervous about. Think, when I'm in that situation, what have I done before that that's put me in a good mindset? And when have I done things that have put me in a negative mindset? And you can create a list. If you're a list person, create lists. I am. And it wasn't until I did this that I realised that I spent a lot of time sitting with my friends, watching other riders in my class warm up. And this made me have those negative conversations with myself about how rubbish I was and how great everyone else was. Instead, now what I do is I rarely watch other riders warm up. It takes away that distraction to let that negative self-talk kick in. Instead, I watch a test on my phone of me riding my horse from when I did really well. And it helps make it a successful, positive experience. And it puts me in that really positive mindset that I can do it. Secondly, having something to do or not to do. And this is about knowing yourself. If you find you're one of those people that needs to be kept busy, then do. Plat up your horse, load the lorry. There are loads of jobs to do before a competition. If you find listening to a podcast or music during this time really helps, then do that too. Again, that's something you can write on your positive list if you're a list person. On the opposite end of the scale, if you find that doing lots before a show stresses you out, then plat and pack the lorry the night before and ask a friend to come with you. It's not being lazy which I know so many people are going to protest about and get worried about. It's about recognising what works for you. And I would much prefer to have a great pre-competition routine that works for me and have someone call me lazy than have people think I'm this amazing, super dedicated person but not be able to get myself into the right mindset for competing. The final thing is to have a conversation with the people that come with you to shows. For example... Every time I go to a show, I have a conversation with my mum where I ask her if she can remind me of certain things that I've been working on at home. And she'll tell me at kind of periodical times in the warm up. Other than those things I asked her to tell me, she doesn't talk to me about anything else. This is because we used to get into big arguments when she would try to help and then I would get defensive and it just wasn't helpful or beneficial for me in the warm up to be told that. I don't know, my leg yields needed more angle 10 minutes before I went in. 
that was something that I thought, okay, that's great, but I need to do that at home. I can't fix that here. And so that would always put me in a really negative mindset. And those 30 minutes or 40 minutes that you spend warming up are pivotal because that's just before you go in. So you need to make sure that you have a routine and your the people around you know exactly what your routine is and how they can help you. So let's break that down then into three short bite-sized pieces about everything that I've just spoken about. So number one, change that negative self-talk to positive self-talk. We speak like seven, I think it's over 7,000 thoughts a day. And if the majority of that is negative self-talk, then we'll be instructing our brain to think negatively and have those negative emotions. On the other side of that, if we swap that to positive self-talk, and it doesn't mind if you mess up, like if you have a negative moment, that's fine. Put it away. You have the power to push it away and then start being having that really positive self-talk with yourself. Number two, if you feel that fear, imagine that bubble and don't step into it until you're actually in the situation. Until that point, think about how your body is feeling and associate that with feeling excited and preparing your body for the situation. Don't try and add in those negative connotations. Number three, routines are everything. And it is something that is really important to do before you get yourself into these situations. If you have things that you can do, um, I've got friends that if they feel nervous about riding a horse, they'll meditate just before and it puts them in that really calm mindset and gets them into that space where they feel ready to step into that bubble and feel that fear. And it's exactly the same. Finding routines and things that help you before you're in that situation is the best thing to do. So your task then, once you finish listening to this podcast, I want you to go away and I want you to write down a positive and a negative list. Think about what you do before a competition, before training, before whatever the situation is that puts you into a positive mindset. What can you do that puts you into that mindset that you want to be in? And it can be anything. If you feel like dancing around and listening to Mariah Carey's Christmas songs before every single show, if that puts you in a good mood, go for it. It's what works for you. And you've got to put aside any thoughts of what anyone else thinks because it's about you and it's about your horse. From this then, this is where you create your pre-competition routines. And this is what I then want you to do is to create a step-by-step pre-competition routine and then share that with everyone who's going to come with you so that they know what you're doing and they know what their roles are. So I have picked three questions this time because there was quite a lot of um quite a lot of questions around this topic so the first question is how do I stop a negative cycle of self-talk I find I go a whole day being very negative with myself and I only realize at the end of the day or even at the end of a week so a great tip someone taught me um when and I thought about this instead of thinking Instead of waiting till I recognised I was being negative to myself, I did it whenever I felt low. So whenever I felt low or upset, I would write down what I was thinking. And what I found I was thinking was very negative. 
it was very negative self-talk. And by writing down what I was thinking, I could realise that quite quickly. And I just had I just had it in my notes that I would just write it down. And then it was very therapeutic to then delete that note straight after. That what quite worked quite well as kind of like a mini therapy to write down that negative self-talk and then delete it after. But so much of the time we wouldn't dream of saying what we say to ourselves to other people. So why do we accept it to ourselves? Once you've acknowledged it and you've acknowledged that you're having that negative self-talk, it's then about having the determination to push through those thoughts and replace them with positive conversations. It's also about noticing your trigger points and events. The earlier you pick this up and you notice that you're being negative towards yourself, the easier it is to fix. And it doesn't matter whether it takes all day and you notice it then. The point is that you've noticed it and then you can make that change. But if you can notice your trigger points of events or situations which you know will create that negative self-talk, you can take yourself away from that. And it might be talking to a certain person before a show. It might be that you can't have a conversation with other riders before a show because it just puts you in that negative mindset. Or it might be that, like me, you can't sit and watch the warm-up. Once you've acknowledged these triggers, you can then do something about it. I had a client, and I did ask her and her husband if she minded me using this. But before she went to ride every day, her husband would say, are you going to get on today? And in his mind, he was trying to make a really light-hearted joke, which he hoped would lighten the mood and help her. In her mind, she saw it as an attack and then spent the whole drive to the yard feeling not good enough and beating herself up. Then by then, she'd be then in such a negative mindset that she would just lunge or hack or stretch or not actually push herself on her horse because she didn't feel like she was good enough. Having that conversation with her husband to just say, could you please not do that? Because it does actually it does actually affect me and it doesn't have to be in a in necessarily an attacking way. But just saying, could you please not do that? Completely changed how she rode her horses during training and then further it shows. And the husband then had a much greater idea of what she needed and is now actually such a pivotal role in her pre-competition routine that she actually really needs him there now. So it's really interesting to see how these things kind of all turn around. So the next question is, I only get nervous as I walk into the warm-up. Is there anything I can do to stop the negative self-talk... Sorry about that. To stop the negative self-talk in my head during the warm-up. So first things first is to try and key into you and your horse. Don't look at anyone else, just try and mentally connect with your horse. Think about how are they feeling, what do you need to work on. Keep it very much about you, your horse and limit the amount of distractions. So you can ask your parents or friends or whoever you've brought with you to just not talk to you while you're warming up so that you can really get into the zone and just ignore everyone else. It's not rude, just ignore everyone else, this is your time. For a period of time, I did warm up listening to music, which helped a lot to stop any negative thoughts coming in because my brain was busy enough listening to the music and focusing on the horses. But it also worked really well to stop other riders talking to me because I found another trigger point for me was when other riders came back from their competition and then cooled down and were 
trying to have conversations with me saying how amazing their horses had gone. And I didn't need that. That didn't help me. So having the headphones in kind of stopped people from coming up to me and talking to me. Another idea is to take your trainer with you one day. Um, Even better if they have one of those um, wireless headsets. It might help to just kind of keep your focus on your horse um, to have your trainer kind of constantly in your ear. And definitely also think about that warm-up routine. Have a set routine you follow every time you compete and think about all those things of what helps you get you into that positive mindset. So, one more then. Actually, I don't think it's one more. I think it's even two more. If I... If I have a bad show, it completely wrecks my mindset. Um, This is a really big one. And I think the main thing comes from when people make a big deal out of a show. They pin kind of all their goals and all their aspirations on one show. And at the end of the day, all a competition is, is to check what you get at home in training. You can get in the warm up. And then can you get what you get in the warm up? Can you get it in a test? have a goal that's focused around you and your horse's performance. So you might come out of the arena and say, okay, my goal was to keep him round in the test. He didn't stay around for the whole thing, but he did stay around for the first half, which is a significant improvement since last time. And I think one thing that my mum did for me is to do, and it sounds really silly, but to do two stars in a wish, where you say two things you're really pleased with and one thing to improve on. And it's something that comes from um, teaching in schools, but it actually can have a massive change in your mindset. Even better, make it your goal next time that if you have a bad test, you practice getting back to a good mindset after. So almost create a routine for what you do when you have a bad test. And it's not necessarily about expecting to have a bad test, but it's about when you have one, knowing what you need to do to make yourself feel better. So my routine after a bad test would generally be get back to the lorry without talking to anyone as quickly as possible. That was kind of my main aim. Then I'd probably have a cry, get it all out, watch the video back, realise it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was, and then discuss it with mum and come up with a solution. And generally it would be that those tests would be the pivotal point that would change kind of how I competed and how I trained and 99.9% of the time the next time I went out and competed I did so much better because of it at the end of the day though you've just got to remember it's just one show on one day of your life and it genuinely doesn't matter if one competition goes wrong even if it is a national championships There is always another national championships. There is always another European championships. There is always another international. There is always another regionals. There is always another show. But what there isn't another of is that horse that you are riding and that relationship that you have with your horse. So final question then is, do you have a book recommendation on helping with your mental strength? So totally depends on what kind of person you are. I love Ant Middleton and his book on the fear bubble is amazing. However, being in the SAS, he's very direct. And if you want the softly, softly approach, he is not one for you. But if you want that 
you've got to suck it up and get on with it. This is how you fix it. If you do this, it will work. If you don't do it, it won't work. That kind of mentality, this book is for you. And it's amazing. And it goes into a lot more detail than I did kind of about that fear bubble and how it works. Another great one, although it's not a book, it's a podcast, is called On Purpose by Jay Shetty. And I listened to this on a way to a show and it really helped. It's really motivational. It's normally quite wide ranging and broad in its topics. And I find that really helpful to kind of recenter myself and motivate myself. So I think that's a really good one too. So that's it then. That's my first kind of mindset podcast. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. If you liked this, then please do let me know. If you come up with a um, technique or create your own kind of pre-competition or pre-training plan from this, then do send them to me. I'd love to see them. And for those um, of you that did enjoy this podcast, please do share it. Tag anyone who you think might benefit more from it. And if you have any ideas of podcasts, then please do let me know. You can message me on Instagram. It's at Jessica Gale underscore rider or on Facebook. It's Jessica Gale dressage. Thank you. And I'll see you guys soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.